brothers and sisters in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen. Before we get started into the, um, the scripture and our message for this evening, I couldn't help but uh, want to share with you what hopefully are, are a little bit more of a humorous um, uh, slant on what is happening in our world around us, and especially as it relates to either church or our religious beliefs and so forth. Um, perhaps you've seen some of these either comics or cartoons, or I guess they're called memes by, by some. Um, you, of course, know that nearly every church now is live streaming their services, and that can be a wonderful thing. I don't know if you realize, though, exactly what that means for some of us as pastors. There it says, pastors live streaming their sermons this Sunday. Um, you see, we can get comfortable, too. And then this one, you know, there's been an order put out that it's called a, a stay-at-home order, and someone had this take on it. As we see here, a woman who is calling to report the fact that Jesus from the tomb apparently violated the stay-at-home order. So I thought you might appreciate that. And then finally, how many of you have done a meeting from, with Zoom or something like that recently? I know it's been my first experience. Well, imagine if back in Jesus' day they were dealing with COVID-19 and on that Monday, Thursday, if they had to have the Last Supper in that fashion... Perhaps it might look something like this. Okay, okay, everyone, everyone, hello, yes. Now, Judas, are you on? I know, it's kind of hard to laugh. Perhaps you're laughing, I don't know. And finally, one last one that I have to share, and this one, you're just going to have to indulge me because this has nothing to do with church and nothing to do with religion, but it does have something to say about social distancing. And this is um, near and dear to me because I have to say that I truly am a real believer. And so I leave that for you to consider. All right. With that out of the way, thankfully, we can now uh, turn our attention to our scripture. And so our scripture for us comes from the book of John, from the gospel lead reading. And as I read this verse, there's going to be four words of Jesus. And when I get to those four words, I would like you to join me, whether you're at home or wherever you might be. And uh, those words are simply going to be, peace be with you. So I'd invite you to join me in speaking those words. So our text for this evening from John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. This is the word of the Lord. I don't know how many of you like puzzles. At least, um, in this case, I'm thinking of jigsaw puzzles. Um, perhaps any number of folks are 
doing puzzles these days. I know in our family, in our home, that's the case. We set up a big board, and in fact, we got out a 2,000-piece puzzle, and it happens to be of the skyline of New York City, and, uh, and I think you'll see it here in a second, but it was before 9-11, and so you'll see the two big towers in that foreground of this, um, of this puzzle, but it's quite an amazing thing, and um, just thought I'd show you a little bit of the progress of what my family's been up to during this stay-at-home order. Now, they're not done yet, and, and I don't know what's taking them so long. Something about the, the fact that at the end they left that sky at the top, which is all the same color, purple or something. They tell me that that's a little more challenging, but I was really disappointed they didn't have the puzzle completed by this, uh, this sermon time, but what can you do? You know, you get what you pay for, I guess, when it comes to puzzle putter-togethers. Having said that, I gotta tell you, I can't stand jigsaw puzzles. I used to like them. I used to spend time doing them, but maybe it's called because you have to kind of see the pieces and see the difference in the colors and the variations, and that's how you put the silly thing together, and maybe you can appreciate why I really don't care for them. Now, if you get me one of those floor mat puzzles that are about four feet wide and the pieces are about like this, now that's my style of jigsaw puzzles. But as you know, jigsaw puzzles aren't the only kind of puzzle there are. There are all kinds of things that are out there, whether they're those little golf tee type puzzles or uh, a Rubik's Cube from way back, or, or maybe there's um, uh, those little slide things that uh, I forget what you call those, that you slide the tiles around, all sorts of puzzles. And a lot of people enjoy spending time doing them. They can be fun. They can uh, pass the time. They can be challenging. They can be uh, refreshing for some people. And in fact, oftentimes, there's a great sense of accomplishment when somebody gets done with one. But at the same time, there can be those puzzles which cause a lot of frustration. A lot of um, time spent and not being able to figure them out. For example, have you ever done a jigsaw puzzle and you get close to the end and guess what? Not all the pieces are there. You talk about frustrating. Or puzzles that you're given and you're supposed to be able to do this or that and yet it seems literally impossible to do. And perhaps you wonder what is the point of such puzzles? Well, it's one thing to have puzzles that you choose to do or not do. It's another thing when life becomes like a puzzle. And in light of what I've just said about how sometimes puzzles can be fun and enjoyable, so can life. There's a lot of things in life that are wonderful and great and yes, may take a little bit of figuring out and, and how everything's going to turn out. Maybe we can't see it all right then, but then when a plan gets put into place and it all falls together, what joy there can be and what refreshment and, and a sense of accomplishment life can give to us.
But of course, there are those things in life which are similar to those puzzles that cause us nothing but frustration. Maybe even heartbreak. Maybe even faced with a sense of futility. A sense that this is absolutely impossible. It doesn't make any sense. Like a puzzle that doesn't have all of its pieces, so often our lives come across things that may seem just like that. Take, for example, even the situation, why you're at home and why this church is basically empty because of a virus that has spread throughout the world. Who could have seen this coming? And the lives that have been impacted and upended and the incomes and businesses that have taken such incredible hits. We can't, at least most people certainly would say they can't figure it out, how it all fits together. And then we hear of things in the news of, of people who suffer, people who even die, even young people, not necessarily related to this virus, but, but we're going to be praying in just a little while in our prayers for a young lady of our church who has passed away, who was just in her 30s, and, and another woman who certainly was before her time, but is now with the Lord. These are the things of life that can cause us frustration, heartache, and in fact a sense of futility, hopelessness, and wondering whether or not God even hears our prayers, much less cares of what we're going through. Well, granted, their situation was quite a bit different. But the disciples on that Easter evening were also experiencing quite a puzzle. They had gone through the events of three years of being with Jesus and sitting at his feet and hearing his teaching, of seeing the crowds of watching him perform miracles, of, of him handling everything that came at him. The opposition of the Pharisees and the scribes, he could turn away with a simple brilliant phrase or turn of a phrase. The problems that would be there, whether it's a, a raging storm on the Sea of Galilee or a shortage of food, he was able to handle everything. And yet, on Thursday evening, they watched as he was arrested and led away. And on Friday, when he was put on trial and condemned for things that, well, that did not fit the charges, that he was then beaten and persecuted, tortured, and eventually crucified to see their savior, their rabbi, their master, their teacher go through all of this and have everything that they had hoped for and believed in seem to come crashing down. And then their own betrayal, their own fears of running away when things got tough, of, of wanting to, to 
distance themselves as far as they could from Jesus of denying him, betraying him, of leaving him. And now on Sunday, they've heard these rumors, but they seemed like idle nonsense, we're told. That, that somehow Jesus wasn't in the tomb. And when they gathered that evening, they had everything locked up. They did not want somebody to come and find them, to arrest them or take them away. And yet, in the midst of that puzzle, Jesus, Jesus came. And the first words from his mouth are what you said with me. Peace be with you. Jesus knew the puzzle in their life. And he knew that like a puzzle that seems to be missing pieces, he came to provide. One of the first things he did was he, he showed them the nail marks, the scars in his hands and feet and, and the spear wound in his side. He could tell that they were afraid and thinking that he was a ghost. He, he even asked for something to eat so that he could prove to them that he was not some, some mist or, or some apparition or some ghost, but that he was real flesh and blood that he had indeed risen from the dead. It said that they were filled with at the same time fear but also an incredible joy. And that's what we find throughout Jesus' appearances that he was bringing about this mixture of emotions that at the same time God's people are, are experiencing fear and bewilderment and yet joy and even peace in the midst of the craziness. Now, one of the things that Jesus promised to them was that eventually he would send the Holy Spirit. And he said that, that this Holy Spirit would come and, and be with them and make sense out of everything that was to come in life. In fact, Jesus referred to him as the guide, as the comforter, as the, the counselor, the one who you could turn to when things get confusing. When things get turmoil and tumultuous when there's problems and panic and tragedy. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be empowered with that spirit. Of course we know that that promise was kept some 50 days later and ever since then to his people, the Holy Spirit is given to every believer by faith. And that Holy Spirit lives within us. But there's something that's even more striking about what Jesus gave to his disciples in the midst of that puzzle. And that was something that they desperately needed. They needed his forgiveness. They had betrayed him. They had abandoned him. They had failed. And it says that Jesus 
breathed on them and gave them the Holy Spirit. And through that Holy Spirit, he then gave them forgiveness of sins and the power that he has given to his church to forgive as if Jesus himself were forgiving sins. An amazing peace must have come upon them. That no matter what had taken place, no matter how great their sin, their betrayal, Jesus was there giving them peace in the form of forgiveness and grace. Where does that leave us in terms of the puzzles of life? Like I said, none of us can truly relate to what the disciples went through. And, and each of our situations is so different. Are you experiencing that kind of puzzle right now that maybe gives joy and satisfaction? Then consider your blessings. But at the same time, maybe you're experiencing that puzzle which is nothing but frustration and heartache. Into that, I'd invite you to consider what God may be doing and what Jesus offers even to you and to me. I mentioned before that um, there are certainly other kinds of puzzles besides um, jigsaw puzzles. And I happen to have um, this puzzle with me. It's, it's uh, several pieces of metal, and I'll put a picture of it up there for you that you can see. And the puzzle is that there's a ring that can slide between the, uh, the triangle and the cross-looking thing on this end. And the, the goal of this puzzle is to get this ring off and free from the rest of the puzzle. Well, have you ever seen one of these? Have you ever tried it? Because it seems impossible. In fact, I had received this, I don't know how many years ago, and I don't know for how long in my life I had tried working on it and trying everything that I could to get this ring and I would just look at it and say, it is impossible. It can't be done. There is no way that this round circle can fit over these cross or it could fit over this triangle. It's just not made that way. And in frustration and so forth, um, besides trying to do it what I assume the normal way, I looked at, gee, can I bend open the pieces and maybe I just take these and bend it with the pliers and so forth. That's not what it's tended to do. But that's what I was tempted to, to actually take something to actually what would ruin it even more. Well, I don't need to tell you that there are those puzzles that we look at and say, this is impossible. It can't be done. I think of the psalmist who likewise had those kind of puzzles in life. And I think of what the psalmist writes in Psalm 73 where the psalmist says this, but when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. 
Maybe that sums it up as good as anything. A wearisome task. How many things in life don't seem that way? No matter how hard we try, we can't make sense of it. But the psalmist thankfully goes on and says this. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I discovered their end. Now, don't hear this verse saying that when you have a puzzle and you don't know what to do, all you have to do is just enter into the house of God and shazam, everything will be made clear to you. No, I don't think that's what the psalmist was referring to. I think rather the psalmist was referring to the fact that, um, that by the grace of God, we can know that there will be a solution. You see, I would have given up on this long ago, except I knew that there was a solution to it. This was made by, well, the maker, I guess you'd say, who did it in such a way to know that there was a way to solve it. And it was only with that knowledge that I was able to constantly be working on it and trying this and that. I don't know if I can even do it right now, but you can see from the picture that I had been successful that that circle was able to come off without breaking it, without bending it, and it was done. You see, I think God wants us to consider his work in our lives sometimes from that perspective. That he gives us that word that says, I know it's frustrating, I know, but I'm also aware that I can work things out and that whether or not it ever makes sense to you, there is a solution to whatever puzzle you're going through. Now, coming back to that puzzle of jigsaw puzzle, I would like to um, share with you something that appeared in our, um, our church office in the back room where we have our coffee maker and, and where people and volunteers do a lot of work. I don't know when it was put there, but there was a, a, a picture put up on one of the cabinets that was taped up there. It was just a very nice saying, but it was something that really speaks to this concept of puzzle. Because there can be those instances when a jigsaw puzzle is missing pieces. And then you say, what then? Is it because they weren't provided? Is it because they were lost? Well, if the puzzle pieces were lost, I guess we'd have only ourselves to blame for that. And maybe we think that that's what's happened in our life We've blown it. We've, we've misplaced some pieces to make our puzzle complete and therefore our life is beyond repair. But here again, what Jesus says to you, peace be with you. Your sins 
are forgiven. You see, if there is anyone who can take a missing piece of a puzzle and fill it in and still make it work, it's our Lord and Savior, Jesus. But what about those times when when it seems like even from opening the box, the puzzle pieces aren't there? Does that ever happen where you think you just open it and you say, I, there can't be, this can't be done because they didn't provide me with the puzzle pieces that I need? Well, that's where this saying comes in. And um, I'd invite you to consider it. It says this. It says that the pastor said in church one day, listen to this. If you can trust a puzzle company to to make sure that every piece in, is in the box to complete the puzzle, then why can't you trust God that every piece of your life is there for a reason? You see, when you know and trust the maker whether it's of a puzzle or whether it's the ultimate maker, when you know and trust the maker, that makes all the difference. You know that he has done it with your good in mind. He has given every piece that is needed so that your life can ultimately be lived to his glory. Peace be with you. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.